Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we discuss sustainable impact investing, creating portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as we explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, how are you? Well, I just came back from vacation last night. So... <laughs> Yeah, and it snowed this morning. I just I came from the Caribbean mm. and the warmth to snow, but it's okay. We need the moisture. Well, not like that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not, not in a frozen capacity. I, I'm not so right. I'm not so fond of uh, frozen water myself. Yeah. Um, I want to share something with you though, and and the listeners. I was so brave on vacation. I went parasailing really yes i have never done that i have wanted to do it forever and it was one of the most gorgeous things i have Uh. ever done i literally felt like i was flying and floating on the air and the caribbean waters are so beautiful Mm. and i just kept thinking while i was up there how important it is to keep our ocean clean and mm-hmm. safe because we want to continue these beautiful waters. So yeah, it was a nice moment. Yeah. No, I, I've never done minutes. that. For 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. 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 I uh, was actually watching a video this morning uh, about a guy in a, a wingsuit, right? He was uh, <sighs> flying in a wingsuit and I just thought, man, that would be so much fun. Now I've never parachuted. So, I mean, this guy is, you know. Oh yeah, no, I'd, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, I'm going to add it to my bucket list because that, yeah. that feeling of just flying would be pretty amazing. I mean, you're, you're really just falling very fast, but still right. um, in a, you can go in different directions and fall. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's, let's get on topic here. Okay. Um, it is almost March mm-hmm. and when we're recording this and I wanted to talk about the importance of International Women's Day, and especially as it relates to investing, uh, impact investing, and mm-hmm. March is also Women's History Month. So okay. there's a lot. Yeah. And you probably are thinking, why do we celebrate Women's Day? Well, I, I, I actually, you know. The, the <laughs> you women's... probably have some good idea. No, well, actually, I don't. <laughs> Let's, oh. just be, let's just be honest. Uh, <laughs> Women's History Month. Now, that is that is something I've yes. known about for a very long time, and I, I love that. My daughter and, and wife and I have had conversations about that. But International Women's Day, I don't know much about, quite honestly. Okay. Well, let me share so some stuff me, with you. Yeah. yeah. And the whole point of March 8th being International Women's Day is, is about celebrating the historical and the cultural and political achievements of women mm-hmm. around the world. And it's observed oh, pretty much in every you know major international country and what we're doing is we're observing and supporting and taking action against gender inequality around the world mm-hmm. so it's not just saying hey we need gender equality but it's about looking at what we can do better 
And when you have a day, you focus on that a little bit more. I also didn't know until this morning that there are themes to each year's International Women's Day. Oh, I had no idea. I I didn't either. I always just was thinking, oh, International Women's Day, we should say something. But this year's theme for 2022 is hashtag break the bias. Hmm. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. What does it mean? Um, Break the bias is looking at how we can live in a more gender equal world. There's a lot of work to be done on that. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And really, what we want to do is talk about advancing gender equality in terms of the context of climate crisis and disaster risk. And you're probably thinking, that doesn't make sense. But we have talked a lot about the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. And every time we talk about women's issues around those goals, it also looks at climate issues. They mm. go hand in hand. And, and honestly, this is probably the greatest global challenge of the 21st century, climate change and how it's affecting the world's populations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've, you've talked a lot about that before. Um, right. I find it interesting how it all ties in um, with what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I, I was, again, doing some research on it uh, just to get a little bit more background around it. And uh, this movement of uh, Women's Day, there was a National Women's Day uh, which was originally observed in the U.S. Mm-hmm. on February 28th. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's my son's birthday. Uh, although it was back in 1908. Mm. We weren't even thought of by <laughs> back yeah. then. But the whole idea uh, around then was, uh, interestingly enough, the Socialist Party of America is the one who designated that honor on that particular day. Uh and it was around garment worker strikes in New York City. Mm. And women were protesting against the working conditions that they were being forced to to work under. So yeah. I was like, okay, interesting. And really what we're also going to be talking about is how women and, and girls are really effective and powerful leaders. And they can be change makers for the climate. Um when we're looking at adaptation to new problems and solutions and mitigation of climate change. Women when are given the opportunity. Yeah, when given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, women really are involved in sustainability initiatives all around the world and really leading the charge for a lot of this. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I also, I, oh, go ahead. No, I just, I, I want to piggyback off of that because I was actually listening to um, a discussion just last week uh, about um, women in business, women uh, when in startups specifically, and how often they're securing funding for their startups. Do you happen to know the percentage of women that uh, secure um, money for startups in the it's United States? It's incredibly low. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. I hope you do, but I think it's only a few percentage points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it was very disheartening because I knew that it was low. I yeah. thought it was like in the, in the teens low that, that, that was my thought. I'm like, man, that's really too low. That no, was optimistic. Yeah. That was very optimistic. Apparently, <laughs> uh, no, 2.8%. Yeah. Which is abysmal. Yeah. Right. And, and it so is. 
I, I see that folding into this discussion because of the fact that there, there are ideas out there that are being shelved or just being denied, um, you know, any type of funding because other people just don't get it. Right. Right. A lot of what's happened in the past is women have had incredible business ideas that would impact women. Uh, and guess what? Women are the majority population on the earth. If anybody didn't know that already, I think you guys right. are at like 51.9% or something, but you know, they're usually you pitching. gals are at 51.9%. So, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> you said you guys. Oh, Isn't I did. That funny. You okay. did. See, and look, look at me. This big white guy uh, is right. totally biased anyway, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, most women are pitching ideas to boardrooms full of old white guys like me. Right? right, that have been in business for a long time and, and just quote unquote don't get it. Right. Well, I no. just don't see how that's gonna succeed or impact or whatever. And and that needs to change as well because again, we've we've talked about women in the boardroom uh needing to be mm-hmm. represented more, people of color needing to be represented more. All of that equality needs to be addressed. Uh and, and so I think that that's really slowing the ideas down, right? Progress is being is. slowed down because we're not giving them a voice. So I agree hundred percent. Right. Yeah, and by you mentioning this, and this is one of the reasons I love working with you, Eric, it triggered something in my head to to listen or to mention to our listeners that one of the ways we can help uh, women getting funding for business startups is to look at community investing opportunities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that is where most women's money is going to come from if they're looking to start up a business. They can't just walk into a big name bank and get a loan. It doesn't matter how good their credit is. It is very biased against women and especially women of color. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a, an important fact and I'm glad you brought that up to men, you know, mentioned it, but you know, I was, you love statistics and so do I, and the UN gathers data on all, well, probably most women's issues around the world and I was really not so surprised at some of these statistics. So right now, 70% of 1.3 billion people are living in conditions of poverty, and those are women. In yeah. urban areas, it's 40% of the poorest households, which are also headed by women and living in poverty. Shocking, not yeah. really. <laughs> Women, though, predominantly um, help create most of our food production worldwide. Yet they own less than ten percent of the land. There, it's so that food production process is about fifty to eighty percent, and they're owning less than ten percent. Really, I, I did not know that they were dominant in production. They are. I, you know what they're doing is they're working land they don't own. Mm-hmm. And creating these small farms, especially we're going to see those in South America, mm. you know, those where a lot of our food comes from, honestly. And so it's it's mostly women doing that work. 80% of women are also displaced by climate-related disasters around the world. They're mm. more highly displaced than men because we see so many women-led households. So that's also important to recognize. And then when we're talking about climate change, I thought this was interesting and I really want to do a little more research on it, but the UN says that 
changing climate could possibly lead to more gender-based violence, increases in child marriages, and honestly, the worsening of um, their reproductive health Mm. around these issues. Because when we have major climate disasters, what we're looking at are women who are vulnerable and become even more vulnerable when they lose their sources of food, Mm -hmm. their housing, um, protection for their children, and any of these things can happen because of that. Yeah. So we really, really have to focus on the climate change issues because as I've mentioned before on this podcast, it's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. So very, very fascinating. Um, do you have questions about that? Well, so many. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, yeah. one of those things where it's 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 almost where do you start, right? I mean, that that, right. that is the, the the most difficult part because there's an old riddle and I can't even remember how it goes, but basically it, it's talking about a doctor and a doctor's son, um, and and there's a relationship there. And most people, when they think about that riddle, they don't think about the correct answer because mm. the doctor's woman. And when you say the word doctor, huh? most people picture a man. And when True. you were talking about women working the land and, and you know, being the majority, when somebody says the word farmer, I almost guarantee it's old McDonald, right? <laughs> the right? Old white guy, farmer, right? <laughs> it, it, exactly. There's, there's this thought process that is ingrained in, in most everyone, most everyone. And it's one of those things where you have to break out of that. Now, I, I said, I said, you guys. And I say that for both genders, Uh, not that it's a gender neutral word by any means. I say that for both genders just because that's a habit, but so is thinking about a farmer as a man, right? I mean, I guess that's a habit that needs to be broken. And if we're not able to shift that mindset in just that one simple way, how are we ever going to be able to shift that mindset when it comes to the impact of the things that you're talking about? on these families and on these women and most exactly most likely like you said these women probably have children mm-hmm. um and because that's just how it, how the world is working as a, as a whole men are leaving for whatever reason and mm-hmm. they're not taking the kids with them <laughs> no right? no you know and so yeah yeah when we talk about that it also reminds me of what's happened over the last 24 months in our workforce i mean women are still being paid less than men. Mm-hmm. And they do, we're, ta- we're just talking about the US and industrialized countries. We've seen such an increased burden on women since the beginning of the pandemic. We really are, you know, March 2022 now, so it's two years. But women are taking the burden of family care and not just their children, but their parents and mm-hmm. grandparents during this time. More women have left the workforce in the last two years than we have seen in decades. And it's simply because they're the ones who it, the, this care falls to. And when the children are out of school for months and months at a time, someone has to be home with them. Correct. And, and the problem is almost two-sided, right? It's right. not that the men can't or don't desire to stay home with the kids and help in that capacity. 
I know a lot of men that would. However, yes, the men make more money currently. So the mm-hmm. only answer for that family so that they can pay the bills is for the wife to stay home or the mother to stay home with the children because right. her salary doesn't, the lack of her salary doesn't impact the family as much as the lack of the salary of the male. That and is quite often true. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, again, it's, it's a catch 22 in a way, but it's, Again, where do you start? And the real tragedy here is when there are single mothers. Oh, yeah. And this burden is falling to them, and they they have to be home for their kids, especially during these last two years, and are unable to work because they don't have the ability to do their work from home. And I think a lot about our grocery workers and, um, you know, all these frontline workers who are so vital. We've really seen that. And a lot of them are women. Yeah. Well, and boy, you start kicking over rocks, Kim, and more and more <laughs> things come to mind. So you you know that my wife and I used to work at, at Boys Town in Nebraska right. as family teachers. And we would have, we had, we worked with boys, you know, Boys Town has boys and girls there, but we worked with boys specifically. And I remember a time when I would look up and because all the bedrooms were upstairs and I could, you could see the upstairs from the, our main living room. And I'd look up there and I remember one day I was thinking, not one of these young men that are living with me have a father at home. Mm. And half of them came from the court system, meaning they came from juvenile hall or, you know, right. they, they were locked up. And here's the reason. Those those four or five that I'm thinking of specifically that were in during that time frame, their moms were working two, possibly three jobs to make yeah. rent, to pay bills, to put groceries on the table, to feed their kids. And... That meant that they, she wasn't home a lot to monitor these young men who were turning 13, 14 years old and being stupid like all teenage boys are, like I was. Exactly. And going yeah. out and getting into trouble, right? So you take this woman out of the home to work to supply food and the necessities because there is no husband there. There is no father figure there. And it, it's again, it's that double-edged sword where she's trying to do everything she can to provide for her family, yet... Now we have boys that have been incarcerated because, and and young women have been incarcerated because there's no parental figure there to help guide them and keep them from running the street and being stupid. Exactly. What a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle and it's just this waterfall of problems. And when we think about climate change in non-industrialized countries, when they're having more severe droughts Mm -hmm. or big hurricanes that are wiping out crops and places that they live, women are primarily affected with this. Yeah, Women are the ones who generally gather wood, bring water. Um, when those things are not readily available, it's women who are suffering. Yeah. And children, women and children. Mm-hmm. So these are such important things to think about. And that is part of what we're doing in impact investing is really looking at what we can do to mitigate climate change, to really look at gender lens investing and how the, you know, the investment world can really focus on issues that affect women in, in these ways. It's so important. Yeah. I was just also thinking about when we're talking about impact investing and how we're gonna, how we should be celebrating International Women's Day, I'm hoping that all of the listeners will start thinking about what is in their portfolio and how it relates 
to women and children and Mm -hmm. climate change as they're interconnected. I made a little bit of a list of some of the influential women in the impact investing space. Okay. Several I've had on this podcast before. uh, So you might recognize their names. And I did forget to go back and mark which podcasts they were on, but we'll, we'll mention their names and folks can go back and listen to things that they've had to say. So the first two I have not had on the podcast, I would love to have them on, but Amy Domini is, her name is almost synonymous to socially responsible investing. She's, she founded Domini Social Impact Investments, which is one of the oldest mutual fund companies. Hmm. And I've mentioned before <laughs> the the, Sustainable Investment Index, which has the wonderful name it does now, but it used to be called the Domini Social Index. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I know. And it's been around for over 30 years. Amy has written a number of books on these topics and investing, and she really has pushed the envelope. So it's great to have such a pioneer like that in in our investing circles. There's also a woman whose name is Sally Crawshank, and she founded a company called Elevest, which is a digital investment platform for women. Hmm. Yeah, and she's been involved in the impact investment arena and also has been noted as one of the most influential women on Wall Street. So I'm not just talking about impact sectors, but Wall Street itself. All right, so before you continue, Anybody listening to this that knows Amy or Sally, please, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Please share this podcast, send them this podcast because this is the official invite to please be on the show because I'd love to hear from them. Yes, I would too. Um, Now, three others that I want to mention. Ivka Kallis, we've had her on before and she's the chief investment officer at Prometheus Capital. Mm -hmm. She has also been mentioned many, many times as one of the top money managers in our industry. And that's not just US, but global Mm. as well. So that is such a thrill to have had her on and to know her personally. And one of my favorites, Pooja Kuzla. Remember that fascinating conversation with the, (laughs) she's such a, a brilliant statistician. And I can't even quite keep up with her. But she and I have gotten to be very close. And so we check in on each other every couple of weeks. And the work that she's doing for Intelligent, that's E-N-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-T, not in, uh, and that's the company she works for. If you remember, their technology is specifically to look at how we make smart investment decisions on climate risk and creating a, a way to measure that risk so we can look at it in more depth in our portfolios. She's amazing. And yeah, they just got some really great funding that was, um, that they were going for in order to really expand the work that they're doing. So I'm so proud of Pooja and her team. And then another friend who is also really a pioneer in this industry is Sonia Dreisler. And we've had her on. She's one of my first guests on the podcast. And she was president of a smaller broker-dealer firm. And at that time, that was pretty unusual to see a woman running Mm -hmm. a brokerage firm. 
Um, she left that. She did her own consulting business. She has become the name equated with women's issues in the financial service industry. She's been talking about the inappropriate things that happen at some of these big conferences to women that they've never really talked about, hmm. um, the harassment that women get in financial services. She's talk, she talks about that. She's, she's really kind of been blowing the whistle on a lot of these, shall we say, not so great aspects of financial services. It's, it's difficult for most women in finance in any way. And Sonia recently started a new, it's not really a firm, I believe it's a nonprofit, but I'd have to double check on that, called Hello Choir. I'm not sure what that choir part stands for, <laughs> but the whole point behind what she's doing is to get folks in this financial services industry to sign on to a pledge that will require any conference that we attend as individuals or participate in meet certain levels of women speakers and people of color speakers. That would be a and good start. It is a good start. Right. And we've kind of been aware of that for several years that we needed to be more inclusive, have more people of color on our panels, have more women speaking, especially in keynote addresses those types of things. And so she's really pushing that out there and has so many big names already signed on to this pledge. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes. For when we talk about supporting women in finance and people of color, especially women of color in finance, mm -hmm. it's it's seems like it should be an easy ask, but it's not. It's a big ask. Women are more often passed over in the financial industry for promotions, things like that, and obviously across the board in a lot of other industries. So we want to bring a we want to put a name to that and and just say, here's here's an issue. Here's how we can solve it. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. And what I love about my podcast uh, is how often we do talk about women's issues. And some people might not appreciate that, but when we really think about improving the lives of women and children, around the world, we're improving the lives of men as well, because half those children are male, mm -hmm. right? Well, slightly under half. Yeah, slightly under half. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we really have to think about what we're doing and where we're going and how we can make these issues a non-issue. Why do we have to continue to, to raise the flag on women being paid less than men? And the, the harassment issues that can come on, whether they're working or any other gender-based violence, which is still very high around the world, whether you're talking about undeveloped countries, developing countries, or countries like the U.S. and many countries in Europe. These are all issues across the board, and they're not going away. So putting a name to it, I think, is a, a big start. Yeah. And putting a name to it and talking about it, exactly what you're doing here, yeah. because there is, I, I truly believe there's just a lack of knowledge and, or even a lack of acknowledgement. Uh, I would in say these that. Areas. Yeah, absolutely. Acknowledgement. Yeah. And, and, and I just speaking from personal experience, my wife is Hispanic and I never realized what she went through. You know, when we first mm -hmm. got married, I didn't until she 
basically told me what she was feeling like in our, in our first six months to a year of marriage in the area because we were in Washington State and in a predominantly white area. Then I, I was keen to start paying attention to people's body language. Mm, yes. And I was very surprised at the side glances and the, 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 the looks that she was getting that were not appropriate, that were right. almost uh, just putting her down just based on the color of her skin. What she looks like. Right? Exactly. And so yeah. I had no idea. I didn't have exposure to that as a, as a kid. And then as a, you know, a husband at 21 years old, full of testosterone, it really made me mad. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> right? I bet. You know, yeah. and, and just those things. And then learning more and more as I had a daughter, more and more about, you know, the, the women's issues because I love these people. And they're exactly. my world and I want their world to be as equal for them as it is for me as a, as a white guy. Right. And that, right. it's terrible to say, but that's just the fact. That's how I was born. I have so many more advantages than Hispanic women in my life. And that's mm-hmm. just not right. Right. So, I mean, it, you're very correct. And I was thinking about when you said having your wife and then having a daughter and looking at the issues from their perspective, mm-hmm. it also reminded me of the difficulties with LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. And until you really have someone in your life who fits that, then you don't often notice yeah. what the issues are. And I would Absolutely. like to see that different. I would like everyone to see what the issues are before it's personally affecting them. So that they're looking out for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I had a call with a new client this morning. And I we always do a social policy questionnaire, which is very different from just your traditional financial questionnaire, which we do as well. Mm-hmm. But on the social policy questionnaire, we're really asking them, any new or potential client, what what is important to them in their investments? And what kinds of issues. And we talked about climate and all of that. And then she said, oh, and it's really important to me that we looked at, that we look at gender lens issues. I was so happy <laughs> to be yeah. able to say to her, that is so easy for us now in our industry to mm-hmm. really look at gender lens issues in our mutual funds or with our individual managers. It's, it's been there for a over the last 10 years and getting even stronger. So I was happy to tell her, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. And when we're talking about impact investing, what we really have to do as an industry and as individuals pushing our advisors is to continue to examine the opportunities and the constraints, which we need to look at to empower women and girls to have a voice and be equal players in everything that they want to do and in decision-making for themselves. And all of this again comes back to climate change and sustainability and how essential it is for us to, to look at sustainable development and the greater good of gender equality without gender equality, Eric, I'm just afraid to say (laughs) we won't have a very sustainable future. So if we're looking at that, we can have a more sustainable and more equality-based future. No, so, I'm looking forward to that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I just, I just think about all the opportunities that we're missing as a as a society by 
not having gender equality. I mean, exactly. When you talk 2.8%, like we were talking about earlier, you are missing, we're just missing a huge opportunity for advancement in all sorts of areas of industry and, and creativity and absolutely because they don't so many brilliant women. Yeah. 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 So if the, if, listeners really want to talk about what to do in their portfolios, I hope they'll give me a call at 505-982-9661 or email the office for any of us to help them info at horizonssfs.com. We're here for all of you. Fantastic. Kim, thank you so much. This is this is a great podcast today. I'm very excited to be able to talk about this and it won't come out, I don't think, by March 8th. I think it'll be a little after, but it'll be a great celebration anyway. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Again, Kim, thank you so much for providing this information. And our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, email us at kim at horizonssfs.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at Horizons S-U-S-T-F-I-N or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.